You're listening to the Geek and Glitter podcast, where we talk all things geeky, from fashion to lifestyle. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 42. I'm your host, Wendy Lee, and today I am being joined by my lovely co-host, Nikita Francois. Hello, hello Nikita. Hello, hello. Good morning. How are you? How's everything? I feel like I am still waking up for some reason, even though I've been up for a while. Uh, for the little behind the scene peek, I literally had to do that intro like two times over because I couldn't get the words out of my mouth. <laughs> oh, man. How was your week? It it was actually very, very good. I, I'm a little stuck right now, though. I have to be honest. I've been deep diving into the PS5, which you know, yes. I, I, I can't get because it's not available anywhere. My younger brother has it and he's been sucked into the vortex of, you know, all things PS5, which is amazing. But where I'm stuck is, is the PS5 digital version worth it or should I get the full PS5 console? I mean, call me old fashioned. And it's funny, Kim and I kind of had a discussion because Kim, when I did our first episode this season with her, she talked about how she acquired one. Ooh. I know. Super jelly, uh, which like when the pandemic is over (laughs) or when we all get vaccinated, whichever comes first, probably the vaccination. Like if she is okay with having guests at her house, I definitely want to ask her like, hey, can I come over? Like just, I just need to witness this thing in person and maybe <laughs> play a little bit on it. Right. But, um, as an old fashioned person who likes to acquire physical media when it comes to movies, so like, you know, Blu-rays and, and stuff like that, um, I personally favor the physical uh version what is it called like the standard the one where you put the disc in right mm-hmm. as opposed to digital because I think personally then and I don't know how this will work because I've never you know tried but what if somehow your gaming system gets bricked and it's just dead do you then lose all your games or hmm. are all the media sort of attached to your account so you can just re-download them because of this That is a very good question and kind of where I'm at as well, because there is that, you know, as we get older, our parents' voices become our own voices in our head. It's like, no, 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 no. Don't just rely on digital. What if something happens? What if the (laughs) internet crashes? What if it turns into a post-apocalyptic state and you don't have any access to anything electrical and you just want to play video games? You should have the physical disc available to play. So, yes, I, I want to have it physically for that reason for the you know parental voice taking over the voices in my head Mm -hmm. reason but then there's the practical side of me that's like well you know that's taking up a lot of space having all the games everywhere you have to find storage for everything and it's just so much more convenient to just log into your account start the game play and then when you're done you know it saves the progress then and there turn it off and you're good yeah and i i mean that's see if you're like kind of you want to adopt or, or you are living the minimalist lifestyle, then the physical version, if you want to acquire a bunch of games, then it wouldn't work because you're right. You would have to then find storage and then there goes your minimalist lifestyle right. and it's going to mess with your aesthetics. So what do you know off the top of your head? What is the price point or the price difference between the two versions and also how much storage does the digital one give you i know the price points um the digital version is 399 where the uh, physical console traditional version is 499 
So, so I mean, $100 difference. Right. Okay. Which isn't, it really isn't horrible. It's not a terribly big difference. I think at that point, it's more of a preference thing, but I can't make up my mind. <laughs> so yeah. I don't, I really don't know what I should do. But I'm saying this as if I can just get one right now when that <laughs> is totally not the I- case. I heard that the, and it's funny, my husband was looking this up yesterday because we've been wanting one. Nikita, we're still running on a PS3. Why? Um, we, because we were like just about to purchase the PS4 and then mm-hmm. we started to hear about the PS5 and we're like, well, well let's just save the money. Oh, a lot gotcha. of the games, yeah, a lot of the games that we're playing currently on PS3, well, we're not currently playing. We're kind of doing more of the Nintendo Switch or the Xbox. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of been, you know, we, we so we haven't really been using it as a gaming console as it's been intended. We've been just using it as more of, uh, how do I call it? Like when we watch blu-ray we'll put it in there oh right 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 so it's it's like your video player now yeah and then most times if i think about it we're using the xbox anyways for that so so it's collecting dust be honest wendy it's collecting yep. dust yep <laughs> yep yep that's exactly yep <laughs> call me out yes 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 i need to admit yeah yeah it's really not doing anything on it uh so we kind of regret not being able to get one right when it came out because financially we were kind of like ah, I don't know it was towards the like you know that like time in the pandemic where I was like oh, I don't know if I can drop this much money yeah. for a gaming console I'm trying to survive and buy food but now we're comfortable with our finances and mm-hmm. we could get one and now you can't get and one. now you can't yeah now you can't we want one real bad but I think it's supposed to be available by like summer or something that's what I'm hearing, right? That uh, Sony has something like 14 or 15 million consoles ready to ship out. Holy crap. Uh, I, th- I think in April. So I don't think in March, you know, the availability will improve much. But I think in April, they're going to start that whole shipment process. Because if I'm not mistaken, it was just over 5 million consoles that were available, which is why it was, you know, so scarce and people doing all kinds of craziness to get one. <laughs> But, camping um, yeah. out. Right, right. Camping out, trampling people. <laughs> it's like Black Friday, but for one item. But exactly, right. My goodness. So hopefully if it is available in April and they have more available, I still don't know if people will be able to readily get it because so many people have been waiting for months now to get one. Yeah. But if by the summer it kind of eases up a bit, that would be great. Wouldn't it be great? And I mean, look, you have more than enough time, I think, to uh, – what is it to to kind of figure out which version is better for you true you know so but i feel like i have a feeling that you're going to go with the physical that's what you know i obviously grew up with so i'm old now <laughs> <laughs> i'm showing my age with my preferences <laughs> but um or maybe I should use this as a way to like, you know, like slap myself. Like, no, get with the times. Catch get up. With the times. Get the Catch digital up. one. Get the digital one. Right. Don't sacrifice your space. Keep up with your... the youngins. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so Keep your space yours and not the games. <laughs> exactly. So oh. we will see, you know, 
I will I will have an update once that time, hopefully maybe sometime in 2021 comes that I can get my hands on one. For real. Oh, well, we'll see. Well, we will, listeners, we will update you. <laughs> yes, we will. On when, if and when we are able to acquire <laughs> our individual PS5s. Speaking, speaking of gaming, interesting that um, we kind of kicked off today's, and it's not even a topic, but it's interesting that we kind of kicked off the uh, episode with with gaming because I was also watching the Nintendo Direct mm. from earlier this year. So this was like the full 50-minute Nintendo Direct. I was like, okay, we're going to get some new Mario games. What I was really hoping for from this announcement was uh, they were going to give us some sort of info on Zelda. Oh, yeah. uh, Breath of the Wild 2, and of course, we get to the end of this Nintendo Direct, and they're like, hey, so we know you're looking for it. Uh, we don't have any news. Please be patient. And I was like, <laughs> well, at least at least they acknowledge that they know the fans are waiting for it, and they are you know, taking their time so they can give us a good game, which is fine. I, like, I would much rather be patient and wait so that I can, that we can all play a well-rounded, well-thought-out, detailed game than just like, let's rush and hurry and meet the demands of the players and then later we're all going to complain that the game sucks. Right, exactly, which we don't want. That, that's yeah. just frustrating. And then it's like, well, we could have waited, you know, for you guys to get it together and come out properly. We, so... we, we would, people would always say that we should have just waited. Right. Yeah. So it was a little bit of a bummer to not get, you know, the the... Breath of the Wild 2 announcement, but we did, you know, get some info such as uh, Splatoon 3 is coming yeah. in 2022. That's when mm-hmm. it's coming out. Um, there's going to be an expansion pass for Legend of Zelda Age of Calamity, which is so much fun in that kind of if you've never played a one versus a thousand sort of a game. It's just but not button smash because there's strategy to it a little bit. Um, but you can button smash and still be having a lot of fun and, and be successful. So it's a lot of fun. And I love the expansion pack. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I sort of kind of want to get the Joy-Cons that come with them. Yeah, They're I know. Beautiful. <laughs> They're beautiful. We have a new uh, challenger for Super Smash Ultimate. Ooh. Yeah, Piera from, uh, I think, Xenoblade, yeah. I don't even have my notes up. I, I believe so. So that's really exciting, though I was kind of hoping for more than just one. Right. You know? Uh, and then, of course, super excited for the Animal Crossing New Horizon Super Mario-themed items. Yeah, which is the coolest. I'm um, so excited. Right, right, in five right, right. Da- In five days, we're getting the update, and then the items hit the game March 1st. So believe you me, I'm going to be streaming the heck out of this game. I've been abandoning my island for over a month now. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure it looks terrible. All my Christmas decorations <laughs> are still up. No, Wendy. Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't put them away. I was like, oh, I'll come back to it in like a week. Nope. One month later. <laughs> yeah, it didn't happen. Totally abandoned. Totally abandoned. It's like I'm gonna I'm never gonna get my five star uh island, but that's that's okay. It's okay. It, that it, was never the goal. Fine. Right. Right. That was never the goal. Um so before we dive into our topics today, there's one more thing that I saw on Twitter this morning. And I kind of went ill, WT, because, you know, we, I thought of this because we always talk about food. Yes, yes. We, we always do. talk about food. And then when I saw this and I was like, what an abomination. And then I was like, I got to tell Nikita about this. So I'm going to drop it in the show notes. And, oh, you can't even see it. What just happened? Oh, no. Okay. 
hold on, I'm going to put it in our show notes and just wait till you see this abomination. There you go. That is what I woke up and I saw, I was just scrolling on social media, probably Twitter, and I saw that Arby's is doing this new sandwich. It is called the Meat Mountain Sandwich what? and is... Why? 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 It looks like a heart attack between two slices of bread. This is too much. No, no, no. So apparently, right? Apparently, this is the biggest sandwich Arby's has ever sold. It's uh, stacked with two chicken tenders, slices of roast turkey. There's ham, corned beef. There's smoked brisket. There's uh, Angus steak, roast beef, and pepper bacon. I don't even know what pepper bacon is. And then there's some sort of cheese somewhere in the middle. Like I see a slice of cheese and a slice of cheddar. And just looking at it, I want to eat a salad. <laughs> my heart is straining in my chest. <laughs> right? And they that, call it the uh, Great Meat Mountain Sandwich. Terrible. Oh my gosh. But okay, I'm stuck on the pepper bacon. Regular yeah. bacon wasn't enough for, you know, for this. We had to, you know, elevate it, I guess, with pepper, pepper bacon. bacon to make it sound <laughs> fancier. Like, uh, look at this piece of bacon. It's not just bacon. It's got it's pepper. pepper bacon. <laughs> it's pepper bacon. I don't know many people. I'll rephrase that. I don't know anyone that who who has eaten an, at an Arby's. I see them all over the place, though. Right. Uh, I've never really stepped... No, I lied. I did step foot into it once because it was after an event or a gig and I was so hungry coming back from it that I drove past Narby's. I was like, you know what? I'll just get something little. And I think I got some weird roast beef just like off their kids meal menu. Cause I didn't know what to get. I was like, I don't know. I've never been here. It was okay. It was something that I could have easily made at home if I wanted to, you know, if I had the stamina to wait the hour and a half drive back from Santa Monica <laughs> My so, gosh. Yeah, no. It, it's I haven't said I mean, so it wasn't terrible. It was just like it was fine. It was mediocre. I just never I didn't see the reason for me giving my money off to something I can make at home, you know what I'm saying? Right. It was just okay. But this sandwich just looked why would you is that appealing to pe is that actually appealing to some people? I mean, I, I see a post on Twitter. Someone, I guess, walked into an Arby's and got the meat mountain sandwich. Oh, dang. Boy, boy when I tell you, it looks nothing like, oh. like it's promo. I'm oh. your poor belly. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Does it look like a mess on a... It is like a, a hot it mess. It is. Like no, just it. no. It, it's not stacked. It's falling apart. It's oh, wait, very ew. slimy looking. Ew. Why is it so juicy like that? It, Look, is, I know- it is moist. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the best use of that word. <laughs> In a context. <laughs> even the bun is wet, Nikita. It is, it is all just moist. <laughs> Why does it this look like look that? Right. Your meat should have a little juice to it. When you cut into a steak, you want to see a little bit of that that juice. Yeah, it's in fine. It, not I get all it. over. <laughs> the breading for the chicken tender is soaked through. It is no, no, no. I mean, it mm-hmm. it is a mm, 
Wow. Y- nothing about that looks appealing. I'm sorry, Arby's, but no. That is like in the truest of sense when you look at the commercial product versus the real life product, the Instagram expectation versus reality. Versus reality, right. It is, <laughs> that it is not the same sandwich in this case. This is something totally different. Not. I can't even imagine trying to take a bite. I mean, I don't want to take a bite. I but. don't. I wouldn't, honestly. Even if it did look like the promotional photo, I think I'm good. It's so bad. My arteries are fine. Thank you. Oh my god. I just I just had to show it to you because I know you're a big foodie. <laughs> I love food and this is not it. No, no, no. Oh god. Uh you guys welcome to What Not to Eat and Where to Not Put Your Money uh podcast. <laughs> right. Oh gosh. terrible. Uh, but we are going to jump into today's topics. We have a couple of really fun ones, a bunch of new trailers for new movies and uh news uh came about so let's go ahead and dive into let's see looking at this um you know what let's this is this one's super exciting for me let's talk about the mortal kombat trailer Mm. red band get over here get over here oh my gosh i was grinning from ear to ear from start to finish of that trailer yes i was I've been looking forward to the news and the trailer. You know, I I really enjoy the cast mm-hmm. uh, that that they have brought brought on for this movie. And the one thing that I did worry a little bit was we've seen Mortal Kombat films before. There right. was the the one that was like in '95 or some earlier one, early '90s. Yeah, yeah, that was like pretty good for its time, especially right. And then there was a follow-up. Mm-hmm. Which wasn't as good. It was not good. The CGI, and I get it, the CGI at that time, you cannot compare it to what it is today. But the plot and the just everything, it just, just felt everything like... everything didn't kind of work together, yeah. right? Yeah, it just felt a little sloppy, especially compared to the first one. So I know everybody's been screaming for this movie. It is under the WB umbrella. It's mm-hmm. coming to HBO Max, as well as in theaters in March. I believe, right? Not May, March. I believe it's March, right? Let me look that up really quickly. But uh, uh, this is going to be a movie that I think just by the trailer alone, the fact that they made it Red Band says to me that they understand what, first of all, Mortal Kombat has been about as far as the video game goes and some of the, some of the, some of the things that are important to the fans that they decided, let's just go red band with the first yeah, trailer. I was yeah. like, yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Absolutely. Because you don't want them to, oh, it's April. April 16th. Gotcha. Okay. That's when it comes out. Um, you don't want to play softball with a movie like Mortal Kombat. Agreed. You know, it's I, I've been saying it, and I say it as a joke, you know, in a conversation with my husband, I always say like, oh, if there's going to be Mortal Kombat movie, I want to see fatality. Mm-hmm. I want to see kick-ass <laughs> martial arts, kick-ass fight scenes, and right. I want to see fatality. Because without it, it's like Mortal Kombat light. And you can't do that. Not with, not, no, you you can't. And I honestly, I was a little nervous um, mm-hmm. for when the trailer was going to come out because it's coming out so close to the movie release. Mm-hmm. Typically, when that happens, they know they have a shit movie. So they're like, <laughs> okay, we're going to drop the trailer a week before the movie comes out. And then, you know, whatever happens, happens. So considering we're, what, two months away from its release, 
when I heard that it was coming, I was like, oh gosh, it's so close to the movie coming out. It's probably not going to be good. And I'm mm-hmm. to keep my hopes so low or non-existent and it'll be whatever it is. And then that t- trailer dropped. Dang, that trailer oh. is fire. Oh. Uh, we get to see what I love is because when I was first time sort of reading the plot, it seemed to be that they were centering around around a new character named uh, Cole Young, played by Louis Tan. And mm-hmm. I thought, that's interesting. You know, that's definitely not a playable character in the game as of now. Um, that's not to say that they can't put a new character in right. in order to make it fit the movie. And I, if you watch, I think IGN has a really cool video of the trailer of a trailer breakdown with the director doing a voiceover. Oh, I have to look into that. It's great because he pauses at certain scenes and he talks about the motivation and he talks about why Cole Young, um, that they dis- the decision of putting a character like Cole Young into this. And it's sort of, you know, allowing the audience, whether you're familiar with the property or not, to sort of journey with him. So if this is his first time kind of looking to the, the outworld and looking at, you know, the just overall encompassing world of Mortal Kombat, then the audience who has, you know, less familiarity with Mortal Kombat but still wants to see this movie can journey with him. So I think that's a right. really cool way and they address that. But I thought it was going to be about Cole Young and like who he is and how he discovers this whole thing and, mm-hmm. and he'll meet all the characters and stuff. But it's really more of the it looks like the feud between scorpion and sub-zero right and And oh my gosh that fight (sighs) at the end of the trailer oh my goodness imagine getting stabbed by your own by your blood blood. oh whoever thought out that sequence like uh, amazing i can't Uh, wait to see this I am really excited. And also, I'm very excited for the director because I think this is his big, like, directorial. I mean, he's obviously put out stuff before, but this is, you know, big budget studio movie under the production production of James Wan. So super excited for this. Super excited to see literally the whole cast, like McCod Brooks, Ludwig, right, Louis Tan, right. uh, Hiroyuki Sanada. Like, I'm so excited. And of course, like, right now, because I just rewatched season one into a warrior on hbo Max. oh yeah mm-hmm. joe taslim playing sub-zero if you haven't watched warrior do yourself a favor pause this podcast go run. and go watch at least episode one you're gonna be hooked warrior is so 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 good and also that just goes to show that literally i think almost the entire cast i can't say i know for a fact that all of them but i know that a lot of them are quite accomplished martial artists right and ludy lynn joe taslim uh, i think uh hiroyuki sonata i believe you know, are all experienced. And I know that's not all of them, definitely leaving some people out, but like just those people alone, they are, they're capable martial artists. So the stunt's going to look real sick because they right, don't need to rely. Right. Yeah. They don't have to rely on like stunt people. I mean, they, they will have them for, you know, more, more, I, I guess to keep the talent safe because they have to act and do the stunts. So exactly. Make sure. Right. But you know, they can do a lot of their own. Ugh. which really I love because then that means you know less cutaways and more yes. just being involved in the sequences themselves and I, I really hope that this trailer didn't give us everything that's good in the movie and then we see it and now that's it yeah <laughs> I know that my was, hopes that was up so that it's a really really fun action ride from start to finish and I want to believe it's going to be set up for some sequels yeah 
Oh gosh, that would be amazing. And maybe that's why they enter, you know, they put in Cole Young, like what's, what's right. going to be This is like kind of his intro. And then the next movie, if they decide to give us another one, it would be what's next for Cole now that he's been exposed to this whole world. Exactly. Oh, interesting. I love it. I can't wait. Let us yes. know, you guys, if you've seen the Mortal Kombat trailer. Let us know your thoughts on it. You can totally email us. The email is geekandglitter at gmail.com. That's geek, the letter N, glitter at gmail.com. Or if you're listening to us on Anchor, you can just drop us a voicemail. Um, it's totally free to do that. You don't doesn't cost you a cent. And we can play it back also on uh, our on our podcast. So that's going to be a lot of fun as well. Nikita, should we go into your topic? Yes. So exciting news for my Marvel Properties fans. Jessica Jones and Punisher have finally, finally, finally reverted back to Marvel Studios. So for those of you who may not know, back in, I think it was 2014, Netflix and Marvel had a deal where, okay, Netflix would own the rights to properties such as Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Punisher, Defenders, Jessica Jones, uh, Daredevil. So that's why we saw all those shows drop and have their respective releases on Netflix, which was awesome. I enjoyed a good majority of those shows. And there were others that I didn't enjoy as much, but it's my personal preference. (laughs) Um, But that deal ended i think in 2019 kind of around the time when disney was like we're gonna drop our own streaming service and so netflix was like oh oh really so then here you go take your stuff back and (laughs) (laughs) we don't want it anymore it's like a bad breakup (laughs) right right it's like guys just you know work it out it'll be fine but um now that everything is kind of back in the hands of marvel whole bunch of questions are being raised. Are they going to continue series like Jessica Jones and Punisher with the original cast and continue the storylines? Or is Marvel going to just revamp everything, start from scratch and give us something brand new? A couple of people are thinking they may, at least with some of them, try to continue with um, what was done via Netflix. For example, there have been rumors on the set of Spider-Man 3 mm-hmm. that Charlie Cox has been seen mm-hmm. as Daredevil mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. set. That's oh my why. gosh. If they somehow loop it in where... I'm so sorry to interrupt you. No, go ahead. I just got really excited. If, <laughs> if Spider-Man meets Daredevil and then the both of them have a face-off with Wilson Fisk. <sighs> the Kingpin. Oh. OMG. Wouldn't that be amazing though? I'd love to see it. So I don't know how reliable this is. You know, I'm sure everything Marvel related, you usually sign a stack of NDAs that's thicker than the Bible. So Mm -hmm. either some background actor or, you know, PA was like, this is too juicy to keep it to myself and released (laughs) that information after being on set that day. I don't know. But that's what's going around on the rumor mill. So it is possible now that Marvel kind of has all of its stuff back that they're you know, they're cognizant of what the fans liked and didn't like or what the fans want. So if they do bring uh, Daredevil and Charlie Cox's version of Daredevil to Spider-Man, I think there's a good likelihood that maybe, you know, some of the other characters we'll see, Jessica Jones, Punisher, Luke Cage might pop up in either other movies or maybe they'll go the way of like WandaVision and kind of have their own Disney Plus series, which would be so, so cool because 
just about all of the series that were on Netflix kind of left us hanging with, yeah. you know, storylines. So I would love to see them continue. And I'm curious to see what's going to happen next. I mean, this is definitely a starting point for for Disney Plus to maybe give these shows a, a second run. So, like, love to keep the same cast because... I, I remember seeing Daredevil. I was like, huh, interesting. Okay. And then I watched the first episode, hooked. Exactly. Immediately. And then they were like, okay, well, we're going to also give you Jessica Jones and Luke Cage and The Punisher. And if they don't give us back Charlie Cox and Kristen Ritter <laughs> <laughs> as Jessica Jones and Daredevil, I'm going to scream. They, these all for, for all of them, for all the shows – these they are it they embody these I characters know. like i don't want to see anyone else play frank castle other than um john burn right he's the hall burn oh boy burnthal john burnthal yeah there we go like I, I culture as luke cage i mean they oh. they did so so well in their respective roles it would be in my opinion a disservice to recast them yeah yeah it's, do not have anyone else play luke cage <laughs> Do we not. are telling you, do not do it. I, I probably like. I, I don't think I could. You know, if they recast, they they would have to be a blanket recast for every single character and series, because then it wouldn't make sense. Like, why does one right. character get recast and and the other the other don't? Um, I I mean, I would love to see what Kevin Feige Feige does with all of this. Mm-hmm. I would love because I think the Punisher ended with season two. Jessica right. Jones got a third season. I think Daredevil got a third season. Yeah, definitely Daredevil. I can't remember what Jessica Jones, but yeah, Daredevil. Um, and Luke Cage got two seasons. Two, I believe. right? Um, um, and I was so it, it was hard to stay invested in it because you knew that Netflix was canceling mm-hmm. all the shows, so that we that we weren't going to get them again, and so it. it I think for me as a viewer, it was harder to consume the episodes because I was like, well, like I care, but also why? Because this is it. And there wasn't a definitive end to any of the series. Exactly, right. That there could have been more, especially like Jessica Jones was probably my favorite. I didn't think that was going to be my favorite, but it turned out to be my favorite. It was it was so well written, well shot. All yeah. of the actors did a phenomenal job in Jessica Jones. Yeah. Like I, especially season one, I was like, I didn't yes, think we were going to go there. Mm-hmm. Fantastic! So, uh, would love to see Disney Plus picking this up. I'm sure the cogs over at Marvel um, and in in the office of Kevin Feige, there the wheels are turning already. Of course, they're probably ten steps ahead of what we're talking about right, right. now. We can speculate all we want, but uh, yeah, like you said, I'm sure they already have plans and what they're going to do. Put we them in WandaVision. Every, everybody is supposedly in WandaVision and <laughs> Spider-Man 3. So just put them all that, in. You know, at this point, it, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, Spider-Man 3, like you literally seems to have everyone past, present, and future involved in that movie. <laughs> WandaVision keeps pulling out people out of nowhere, which has been amazing, especially this most recent episode uh, that Woo-hoo. dropped yesterday. So oh, good. So good. Oh, man. So keep uh, it coming, I say. Of- yeah, keep it keep it coming. I mean, as as a consumer for all of this stuff, I, like it makes me really really happy to hear about the properties reverting back to Marvel. So it's kind of like, okay, what's what's next? 
it's good. It's a good time to be a fan. Exactly. That that's what I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's also dive into since we're talking, you know, live action shows and and Disney shows and and things and properties and things like that. Um, there was also another trailer, and this is the Cruella live action trailer. It's played by Emma Stone. Mm-hmm. And this is, you know, it's not the first time where we see a villain get their own movie. We saw earlier with Maleficent, played by Angelina Jolie. This one, um, it, it's also kind of like an origin story, a prequel, if you will, to 101 Dalmatians. So it doesn't right. quite take place during the storyline of 101 Dalmatians, but kind of gives us a glimpse into it. Overall, I, I already love the aesthetic. They're giving us a very punk rock era, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, a very aesthetic of black and white. And uh, what what I'm looking forward to is not just the fashion, because we all know Corilla with her fashion. She, oh. Mm-hmm. She brings she brings it, but just how they intend to handle this character and the journey that she'll go. If you look on the internet, uh, some people are watching the trailer, and then after they're done, they're saying this kind of seems like a. They they notice a lot of similarities from the the Corilla origin story to Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, right? As in, you know, here is just you know a girl trying to be she she wants to be aspiring designer. And kind of how she ended up crossing paths with this uh, fashion fashion designer icon mm-hmm. played by Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson. So mm-hmm. Two, two mm-hmm. Emmas in this film. And how, who did who wrong? And exactly how did Corella end up becoming Corella? So right. what I really would love to see in this um, it's for them to not really go the route of Maleficent. Uh, I don't, I, I am worried that, so the, when I first saw Maleficent, I was really excited. I was like, oh my gosh, she's like the baddest bad. That's mm-hmm. like, her name is literally Maleficent. Uh, and uh, like, I didn't like how they turned her and they gave her that touch of motherly humanity yeah. mm-hmm. where she would, for some reason, cared for uh aurora and i was like wait you were this you know like they did you so wrong right yeah and then you're you somehow you looked at this creature and you care for her why i wanted her to just be let a villain be bad they can walk a path they can start as you know an everyday person but what are the turn what's interesting to see and that's what i liked about joker using that as sort of a comparison is what had happened to this man for him to become where he ended up as the Joker, like the the capacity in his mind. Exactly. So, so I want to see them sort of in a, in in a similar way. You know, every story will have its own path, so I can't say it's exactly like you know Joker, even though the trailer makes it seem like oh, it's mm-hmm. a little bit like the Joker. Um, what what are the events that led her become Krilla? And I don't want any sort of way to like for us to have like she still got some sort of a connection to humanity i mean she murdered dogs yeah that's evil plural yeah <laughs> 101 of them <laughs> to be precise right <laughs> yeah so like i am really excited obviously to see uh this movie i think emma stone looks great she looks fantastic and i 
I think she has shown over the years that she is more than capable of playing this kind of character. Yeah. Um, what I'm similarly to you is my fear is that it's going to, I don't want to say be stereotypical Disney, but how far will they push her boundaries as a character, as a villain? She's not a Disney princess in how no. we're used to seeing Disney princesses. And I totally agree with um, the Maleficent movies that I I, I want to see you be bad. Yeah, let her be bad. Let, <laughs> let, let her be bad. bad. <laughs> and let's see, like you said, let's see the reasons why. Let's see that character grow into their, I don't know, evildom and explore <laughs> that. Let's 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 do it let's do it you're i think disney is obviously more than capable of doing it and this trailer is kind of teasing like they can or will do it i don't want to be let down or disappointed though and at the I end know. she's like adopting puppies because she thinks she loves them <laughs> right and then like exactly from there how how do we get to 101 Dalmatians? exactly because then i'm uh, it's like okay you know what <laughs> I'm good. No, <laughs> if thanks. You, if you have a sequel in <laughs> store, I'll pass. Oh, yeah, really. Like, I remember there's two Maleficent movies, right? right. No, there's three. Wait. Wait. Hold three? on. There is. There's definitely two. Okay, there's two. You're right. Okay. I'm sorry. There's Maleficent and then there's Maleficent Mistress of Evil. Right. I actually right. like Mistress of Evil a lot better than Maleficent. Really? Yeah, surprisingly. And I mean, I the I went in with no expectations, knowing how I felt about after. Like, I wasn't satisfied with the first one. I was so excited. I was like, you're having Angelina Jolie play this character. <laughs> right, it's yeah. It's like match made in heaven. It's perfect. She's got the aesthetic to play. And of course, the acting skill, the acting skill and the beauty of like being able to portray this character. I was like, this is going to be so good. And I was like, wait, what? Boop. No. Boop, boop, boop. No. So uh, I, I love kind of where they went with, with the second one because they did make made her, they gave her more um, motivation to be, to embrace that bad side right. of her, but also keeping in theme of the first film and, 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 and a lot of her humanity sort of is attached to Aurora. So, so you still see that in the film, but it wasn't, I guess because the path has already been laid. So I guess it, it it made it easier to see the second film be like, oh, okay, I, I this makes sense. Mm-hmm. But with with Corilla, I just don't I don't a lot of the times for villain films and these origin stories for mm, okay, take out the villain part. A lot of the origin stories, sometimes I feel like I don't need to see it, especially for characters who are sort of in a way like icons and legends, such as a Corilla, a Maleficent, a, a Joker. And I'll go as far as like Han Solo. I remember when mm. they, because we're talking about villains here and people are like, oh, well, you just don't, you know, like you don't really need to see a villain origin story so you can sympathize with them. Like they are bad because they are just, they're, they're bad people. Yeah. And they want, they want to do bad and it's okay to explore what happened and they turned out this way to, to, but it's kind of like, well, like what's, that's kind of what's fun for these you know, fantastical villains is that they are just bad. They're just bad. Being bad. Right. But, you know, on the flip side, for Han Solo, you know, and obviously very iconic when it comes to Star Wars and pop culture, when they were talking about, you know, giving us a Han Solo film, I was like, do I need to see a Han Solo origin story? I don't need an explainer Mm. for how he did the... uh, well, how he got his name, where the dice come from, uh, you know, how many parsecs it took for him to like, I didn't need right, to say that. Right. Because for me, that's what's so like mysterious and legendary about these characters 
I don't need to see like if it's true or if it's not or how he did it. He just let's just say he did it. And that's why he's a legend. Uh, so I kind of like Solo was fine. It was a fun watch. There was a lot of stuff that I liked about it. But I still feel that I didn't need to see it. For example, like how he got his name. Right. Scene, I was like, come on. No, 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 no. <laughs> not what I wanted. Not what I was hoping for. And I get it. You know, like headcanon doesn't equal actual canon. Right. But as a fan of, of a character such as Han Solo for so long, like that's not something. It just it just went in a different way than I thought. So while I loved a lot of things about that movie, especially like the end credit stuff, I was like, oh, yeah, um, it, it kind of in a way it lifted the veil behind the mis- the the mystery of Han Solo and I didn't I didn't love it. And I think that's what we love about like you said we're saying before some of the villains the mystery adds to their, you know, villainry or whatever you call it. Like they're so evil and so bad and so mischievous. Part of that is because you don't know all of the backstory. And when you do lift the veil and reveal all of the, you know, upcoming things and like why they are the way they are you do run that risk of then ruining a part of what makes them so evil and bad so yeah. joker i think did a very good job in that they just he was just bad and we're going to show you how he got there but we're not going to sugarcoat any aspect of it or anything like that so i think joker worked in that way mm-hmm. but other movies that try to do that but then try to be like well you sympathize here and you know and this wasn't as bad right like they're not actually bad it's like oh no they're they're, no they've embraced their dark side it's bad right and they're evil okay so but it also you can like and that's why i like joker so much because you can look at it saying like the reason he became bad is because people treated him poorly for literally no reason at Mm -hmm. all and and this is this is the type of people that the society can create if you just knock the same, if you just continue to knock him down. And I mean, this is to the case of the extreme, right? you know, where they brought, they brought him onto a talk show. He's been wanting to be on just to make fun of him. Just to laugh at him. Exactly. And it's terrible because all he wanted to do was be a comedian and, and that's his passion. And granted he wasn't great at it because, you know, of, of there are several factors. It, It doesn't, it doesn't, um, it doesn't mean it's okay for us to like sit here and make fun of it in, in that way. Like it was a, it was a very extreme way to bring a man onto a talk show just to laugh at him. So it's like kind of no wonder what he, like, yeah. he pushed, got pushed too far, you know? So how far are we going to push uh Kurilla? Cause in the trailer, it looks like she burned down. Mm. Maybe, maybe burned down some sort of an estate. Maybe yeah. it's a fashion designer's estate. And also how evil was this fashion designer to begin with in order to, you know, kind of create gorilla in 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 a way you know because yeah <clears throat> i'm trying to find the plot of this movie let me see if i can find it ah okay here we go so according to the description below the the official trailer from the disney studios youtube um this is set in the 1970s london amidst the punk rock revolution and it follows the young grifter named estella aka emma stone and she is a clever and creative girl determined to make a name for herself with her designs. She befriends a she befriends a pair of young thieves who appreciates her appetite for mischief and stay and together they were able to build a life for themselves on the London streets. And one day, Estella's flair for fashion catches the eye of Baroness von Hellman, 
a fashion legend who is devastatingly chic and terrifyingly hot. Uh, and this is played by Emma Thompson. Uh, but their relationship sets in motion a course of events and revelation that will cause Estella to embrace her wicked side and become basically the fashionable and revenge-bent Cruella. 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 So that just makes me wonder how terrible already was this Von Hellman person mm. to push Estella to the point where she's now taking on the persona uh, an identity of Corella. That's right. that's kind of where where I wonder. So I I'm very curious. I love the way she entered that that party, the black right. and white party. Yes, if you will. yes. And yes, she yes. goes, "Oh, black and white. I'm oh, aware red." Yes. <laughs> oh, and I'm God. excited to see Emma Thompson do her thing because she never disappoints. No, never. She's it's fantastic. Uh, so we will we will see how how this movie turns out. It does come out in May. There is a. Uh, Currently, it doesn't look like there's any plans to put this on Disney+. Plus. It looks like it's a theatrical release. Oh. As of now, you know, we talked about Black Widow in the previous episode, how that right. is still, you know, staying a theatrical release for as far as we know. So maybe maybe May is uh, when they're looking at theaters to reopen, you we'll know, see. across the nation, <laughs> go back to a movie theater. Oh, gosh. We'll see. We'll see. Let's get those vaccines. and uh... Right. Or, you know, we're just going to, again, we're going to have to rent out our own theater and we're just going to spend the whole day watching all these movies. Yeah. Just everybody put put in a little bit of money, right? right. Exactly. And then, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll space it out like mm-hmm. 20 people inside a big theater. And that'll be, that'll be like the way to do it. Oh, I would love that so much. Same. I would love that so, so, so much. Did you want to do your thing? Sure, we can. I mean, it's not really a deep dive. It's more of a like, uh hmm. So (laughs) Danny Elfman, who is a pretty well-renowned composer, has been brought on to Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I... If I'm correct, he and Sam Raimi did the uh, composing or the score for Spider-Man 3 back in the day with Mr. McGuire. Mm-hmm. Uh, I honestly don't remember how the soundtrack or the score or composition was for that movie. But in my mind, Danny Elfman is always synonymous with Batman or Tim Burton things like uh, mm-hmm. Edward Scissorhands and you know things like that. So does that mean in any way anything about the upcoming um doctor strange movie do we think it's going to be kind of tim burton-esque maybe a little whimsical a little strange a little weird or is danny elfman going to conform to the typical marvel way of you know composing its music what I like about Danny Elfman is his name has a very certain, you already said it, the word whimsical literally came to my mind as well when you hear Danny Elfman. Um, other than Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2, we know that he also did, I think, um, since, since we're talking about Burton, obviously, um, The Nightmare Before Christmas, mm-hmm. um, Batman and Batman Returns, and now he is doing this movie again with Raimi. So the team up makes sense, especially for a director who's already worked with him before um and i think this is going to be a really cool fit for danny elfman because this is dr strange right in the multiverse of madness so i think he can take that and just compose many many scores that'll match with depending on which multiverse they visit mm-hmm. 
they he can literally give us something for whichever one that they decide to stop in. And I think Danny Elfman's got this. Um, he's got a way with with this language that he speaks in terms of music and the way he tells a story. Um, I, so I think he can go the way of being like Marvel cinematic, epic fight music because mm-hmm. it, it will come. It's going to have exactly, to. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but he can also go in the way of like you know, kind of weird, fantastical, whimsical things, like a little creepy, maybe. I think mm. he, I think he's he's the right guy to do it. Um, I know previously for Doctor Strange we had Michael Giacchino, who right. I absolutely adore, uh, and I love his work uh, as as composer. But he is actually working on Spider Man Three, which is kind of funny because I feel like these two movies are going to kind of cross paths a little bit. Maybe. Maybe like I think I think I was hearing a rumor again. This is rumor. Nothing's confirmed, but also something about Doctor Strange appearing in Spider Man Three. Exactly, or, or I heard the same thing that again he was um, spotted on set. Yeah, so like you know, it it kind of in a way then makes sense if we're looking at the bigger picture. And this is total fan theory. This is not accurate, not factual. This is Wendy's headcanon <laughs> that that Giacchino. And Elfman have already been talking because if they are going to somehow overlap, we can maybe hear a little bit of the theming from Giacchino's Doctor Strange mm. to Elfman's Doctor Strange 2 into Giacchino's Spider-Man 3. Right, right. And a little, so that if, we're, if we're crossing universes and crossing the stream, if you will, like, that's actually pretty cool. If that would be wanted. so cool. Yeah. So this is, I, I mean, I like it. I like it. I think it's, it's fun. Um, I'm not sure how the internet feels about it. I haven't actually read up on it, but I'm a fan of, of the, the Ray, the Raimi and, uh, Elfman team up. Let's do it. No pressure, Mr. Elfman. Just, you know, yeah, just give us what we want. Give us what we want. <laughs> yeah. What I will not do Uh-oh. is because sometimes they release the trailer or not, sorry, that not the trailer, the, uh, the soundtrack. Oh yeah. Beforehand. I, I got to make sure I don't read it because I don't want like the score title to be, you know, Dr. Strange. This is so yeah, fun. This is me making yeah. it up. Dr. Strange dies. You're like, wait, what? <laughs> or reveal certain characters. Exactly. Know, like, yeah. You know, Peter Parker enters and I was like, oh, oh gosh. Well, great. Okay. Ruined. Now, now, now we know. Yeah, so I will not be looking at the the track list for the soundtrack until after I see the movie. <laughs> Same. Same here. Yay, exciting. So now we've gotten to the part of our show where we do our shout-out corner. We'll just do that. Call the shout-out corner where Woo-hoo. we highlight, yeah, a small business or brand or product that we've been really liking. Nikita, let's start with yours. Well, I decided to not just pick food all the time as much as I love food. <laughs> And I should, you know, broaden my horizons. So uh, there's an artist by the name of Kat Logan uh, on Instagram. Her username is art by C Logues. Um, Logues is L-O-G-E-Z. And she creates some of the absolutely most unique, interesting, creative pieces of work. And I just love her style. So she is based in on the East Coast. So if you are in the tri-state area of like New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, that whole shebang, definitely check her out. She does commission pieces. So if you're looking to gift someone with something unique or abstract or a little bit of realism, hit her up. Ooh, I like her art. Is it, do you know what media it is? It looks oil? I'm, 
honestly not 100% sure. I do watch her stories on occasion, and it does look like she uses oil. She has a very, very cute studio um, that she creates in. Her uh, regular page is just C Logs, again, L O G E Z. And um, if, if you follow her on her page, you'll see in her stories occasionally she'll post some of the media she's using. Yeah, in this picture here, it looks like she's using oil paints on her page. But um, oh, yeah. yeah, it's really, really interesting, unique art. Definitely check it out when you have a chance. And I just wanted to give her a shout out because she's up and coming, up and rising. And yeah, she does great things. I love her overall aesthetic. It's so satisfying to Isn't it? Yeah. I love it. And it's very empowering and strong, especially like female empowering. So exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, I love it. And I love that it's it's her art. It's not, you know how um sometimes if you scroll down like an art Instagram, um, it's one theme. Right. You know, because that's their aesthetic. She kind of is a little bit broader. Mm Mm-hmm. And I love that. Right. So she will see some still lifes of, you know, fruit or, you know, whatever the object of that still life is. And then you'll see like people or, you know, or landscapes. So yeah. she's very diverse, but very talented in each of those different, I guess, genres of um, art. Oh, so, man. yeah. So cool. I am very envious of artists. Um, one, the talent, because... I can't, I mean, I can doodle. I can't paint. (laughs) I can't draw. Like when I look at what your sister creates, I'm like, yeah, cool, cool, cool. I'm never going to be as cool as her. (laughs) And also the, the courage to display your art on Mm. the social media, because that's where you can get the most praises and also the most unwelcoming critique. Yeah. Yeah. Some people are just not nice on socials. Because it's your art. It's your language. So who is, who are, who are, who are we to say this is wrong just because it doesn't fit our own specific aesthetic, right? You should just appreciate people's art and appreciate that they have the courage to actually share this with you. So I always don't like reading comments like, I don't like this. And I was like, well, then maybe it's not for you. And that's, that's okay. And that's okay that it's not for you. Right. But you don't sit there. I just, yeah, I don't like it when people like trash talk an Mm -hmm. artist's art or like their technique. And I'm like, well, Okay, because I feel like another accomplished artist would not do that exactly to another artist. Right, they, you respect the way they work and their skills, you know. And I think art is always evolving, and your skills are continuously being refined, and it gets better over time. And whatever stage you may be in your life can affect that as well. So, like, just appreciate the art. If you don't like it, you know what? Like, it's your choice to scroll on. Exactly. I you don't need say- to take the time to put negative messages no not not at all not at all art is supposed to be subjective so it is okay that you may not appreciate or like someone else's work but that doesn't mean it needs to be trash because someone standing right next to you looking at it could be so moved so you know just amazed by what they're looking at and that is okay as well so yeah Love this. Thank you for introducing us to Kat Logan. I will put her link in our uh, show notes just kind of below the podcast. I guess how that's how it works. Um, so go ahead and click on it and check out her art. Boop, boop. And you, Wendy, what are you sharing with us this week? So I am currently obsessed with my new bag. And I don't know where I'm going to carry this bag to because I literally don't go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but this is... <laughs> 
This is a bag by Team Tano Alive. And if you recognize the name Tano, that is basically inspired by Ahsoka Tano, my favorite character from Star Wars. So Team Tano Alive does a ton of products. They do enamel pins, but one of their most, to me, standout products is their Ita bag. And an Ita bag, so Ita in Japanese means to like to hurt, it hurts or it's pain, it's like pain or it's painful. And an Ita bag kind of in a way describes your very expensive hobby because it hurts the wallet. And um, in an Ita bag where you carry and display your hobby, your collective hobby, whether it be pins, stuffed animals, not stuffed animals, but you know, like little squishy little tiny like like teaching stuffies you know i'm talking about those cute love cute ones yeah Um, yeah yeah, like people hang them on their bag so like ita can also mean like the weight it has and it hurts your shoulders and and things like that kind of read into that in a little bit i've never been able to just kind of purchase an ita bag because i just didn't i mean i i i've always liked them the aesthetic of them i have a lot of friends who are collectors of various things whether it be pins or whatever and that's how they display their hobby and their collection i was like oh that's so cool but i just didn't see a need for myself to have one until i saw team tano alive's version of this bag so this bag that i am currently obsessed with is called the padawan at heart ita bag and it is inspired after um ahsoka tano and this is her in her younger clone wars era so not quite fulcrum and not quite season seven of clone wars so Mm -hmm. earlier clone wars um before she left the jedi order i would say and this is definitely a bag that's like made for fans by the fans the details that they put in this first of all the face the face of the bag is essentially ahsoka's face yeah i'm looking at it. it is so cute i love this it is so cute like uh i actually have uh, a full unboxing on my ig ig tv if you guys want to take a look um so the face it's got it's basically ahsoka's face um there's no eyes or anything like that so it's her mantra so the blue and white tails the little decoration around her crown like her headpiece. And then for the Ita, the see-through part um, of it, the insert is um, orange with her white face marking. And that insert, there's a zipper enclosure that you can open the, the, the front part of this bag. Mm. You can take out the insert. You can add your pins to it. So this one is meant to, um, I mean, you don't have to use it like that, but it is meant to for you to display your various pins. So I've got like, I think, I don't have that many Ahsoka pins, so I think I've got like six or seven pins on there. Um, and I've seen people just full on display, like that entire orange thing is covered. I um, love this so much. It's so cute. The bag is circular and it's actually, I know in the photo that I have attached to our show notes, it looks kind of like more lounge fly mini backpack size. It's actually bigger than that. It's. I would say it's like medium backpack. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Seeing it on you. Yeah, definitely. Other details that they put on here is um, the zipper pulls are Ahsoka's lightsaber hilts from Clone Wars. <laughs> and they also added a little a little charm, a little D-ring that you can attach or you can put, you know, you can oh, wear it as a bracelet. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's actually um, kind of a replica of her Padawan braid. It's just all the details on there I really love. It's very comfortable to wear. The quality is really great. And it's convertible, so you can wear it. They give you three straps, so you can wear it as a backpack, a mini backpack, or, or I guess medium-sized backpack, or as a crossbody or as an over-the-shoulder purse. We love multi-use bags yes, and multi-wear do. bags. So really cool. Love it. Yeah. Um, currently, they're actually doing a pre-order 
because they, I got mine from the first run. And because they're a small business, it's easier for them to do a pre-order so they know exactly how much they, they, they need to make so that they can have the money up front to do this. And then, so the pre-order kind of sits for about like two to three months. So you, mm. you know, you do order with the, uh, under the understanding that it is a pre-order. So you're putting your money in that you will definitely get this product, but it's going to take some time to get to you because now it's going to have to go and get made and then eventually then get shipped out to you. So it does right. take a little bit of time, but if the thing is that it's a very limited run and it's a very, I would say, like quite exclusive. So they are doing their second run of pre-order, I think, end of February. It's on their Instagram if you want to check out their Insta their Insta, and uh, go ahead and sign up for a pre-order and just know that you are voting with your money, like you are paying up front before you get the product. Uh-huh. You know? So, but I mean, you can look at the bag. The quality is good. I can tell you that it's comfortable to wear. I've been wearing it to just the grocery store. So don't wear fancy. But <laughs> it's really cool. And they're coming out with a second one of another character in Star Wars from Star Wars Rebels. And this is Hera. I see it. Yeah. That looks cool. Yeah. So uh, I won't be getting that one because I feel like one eats a bag for me is enough. But it's, I mean, also really, really cool. So that is my shout out for this week's episode. I love it. So, yeah. So I guess oh, everyone has a week if you need to get that pre-order and you have a week. Run, go. Run and go. It'll go fast. Like I woke up early on the day that my, my, like for the first wave, the pre-order and it was sold out quick. Nope. So they, yeah, they also have like a quantity. So just make sure you, you get in there if you want it. Right. Um, they could do a third run potentially if the demand is there, you know, but you just, you just never know. Cause it's harder for smaller businesses. To right. Do right. Yeah, well, you guys, that's it. Is Did we do it? This is the episode. We did it. We did it. We did it. I feel like the Dora, the Explorer, we did it. We did it. We did it. We did it. (laughs) (laughs) You guys, thank you so much for tuning in. And of course, thank you so much, Nikita, for your time. Thank you so much for having me. This was awesome and so much fun. We dove into quite a bit today. Yeah, this was a a stacked, a meat mountain episode. (laughs) But tastier and healthier for you. Healthier and... No excessive sweating, sweaty oh meat. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, and Nikita will be joining us again next week, so look forward to that. Yes. And the Geek & Glitter podcast, it can be found on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, Google Podcasts, or basically wherever you download your podcast. And, of course, as a reminder, you guys can leave us a voicemail on Anchor if you listen on Anchor, which we can listen and play back and uh, inc- incorporate into a future episode. And, of course, we would love for you to email us on any of the topics, any sort of comments, notes, whatever you have. Email us at geekandglitter at gmail.com. That is geekandglitter at gmail.com with any questions. And, of course, we have our social you can follow geek and glitter on instagram and twitter just at the handle at geek and glitter or visit the website www.geekandglitter.com nikita where can everybody find you on instagram it is at nikita period francois twitter everywhere else is just at nikita francois and for me you can find me on instagram and twitter and i guess tiktok i did the uh what did i do you know that challenge where they say the men and the women have uh a different center of gravity. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, Like yeah. you go into a plank and then you yep. throw your hands back really quick. We did that. I saw that. That was hilarious. <laughs> I laugh every time I watch it. Uh, same handle, everything all the way around at Wendy Lee Zany, S-Z-A-N-Y. And with that, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in. We will catch you next week. Bye. Bye.